This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Coach, we're ready to play, ready and willing and raring to go. My name's John A. Tate. This is the Sporting Record. I'm here with M. Collard. Hello, hello. And James Tate. Howdy, howdy. And we've got half an hour of sport to talk about. We sure do. We've got breaking news. We've got news from the US. We've got a song. It's all happening here today. Before we get started on today's show, though, the Sporting Record would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional custodians of the land from which we broadcast this program and on which much of our local sport is played. We'd like to pay our respects to Elders past and present and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. We'd also like to celebrate the incredible sporting contribution of First First Nations athletes to this country's sporting life. Thank you, Em. I'm feeling a, a great hunger for footy. It's you got been a footy, long fever. Time. footy fever. Oh, oh, footy fever. Are you sure it's not just a bit I, hot today? I just can't wait for it to start again. Yeah. We've seen a tiny bit on the footy this week, haven't we, Jim? Uh, yeah, some practice games have been on. Yeah, what do they call that? Uh, um, Match simulation? Yeah, simulation mm. things. It's been interesting. interesting. I watched the... Um, Yesterday, North Melbourne men's team played the Collingwood men's team at the Collingwood practice ground. Yeah, yeah. And that was great because North Melbourne smashed them, <laughs> interestingly. Oh, Look, yeah. it's... Uh, Don't take too much notice. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But to be fair, though, they, uh, by the second end of the first half, and Collingwood had played, you know, all their Nick, Nick and Josh Dacos's and mm-hmm. um, all of their big star power... Mel- North Melbourne had still – they still were beating them at half time, even saying that, which is, you know, for, for North Melbourne who've been at the bottom of the ladder for the last four years against the reigning premiers, you take what you can get. Oh, yeah. It's, imp- it's not bad. Just don't read too much into it. Oh, absolutely not. But, you know, maybe at North it's like nice – it's those little tiny, you know, mental mental gains, the little wins. Hopefully they just, you know, they build because it would be nice to see them do well. And for fans, it's great to see the new players or the players that have just been recruited from other mm. clubs and see how they fit in and, 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 you know, you get a feel for for what's changing at the club. So mm. that, that's a good thing. The, the other interesting thing they did at that, now that you bring it up, mm. did you see the seven-minute bit at the end? Yes, I did. They played a little seven-minute quarter of footy. Yeah. Uh, and it started with Collingwood, I think, one goal, one ahead, seven points ahead. Yeah, so they had, um, at the end of each half, they had five minutes extra of match simulation oh, where okay. in the, the, the end of the first half, the five minutes were North Melbourne were up by seven. Oh, so they reset the, I didn't see that one. Yeah. reset the scoreboard and Collingwood had to win 
after those five minutes and like have that match simulation. And the team that was in front had to defend. Hold, had to defend. Hold and then that lead. That switched at the end of the second half. They played another five minutes of match simulation where Collingwood was seven up and North Melbourne had to win. Interestingly, again, look, let's not read too much into anything, <laughs> but North Melbourne were able to hold on in that first. They were able to defend and yeah. Collingwood were not able to get the seven points. And then North were able to... Um, like get back those seven points and so they beat Collingwood in both the whole practice match and in each of the match simulations which is again just small m- mental wins for a club that's been struggling but that little experiment is great for the coaches to be mm. able to put into place the plan for saving a game or for stealing a game you know mm. and see how it works and Collingwood as um those who are big footy followers uh, know how just how good Collingwood are at coming back so many games last year, yeah, that's right. they would be down significant amounts at three-quarter time and they were still able to come back and, and pip, pip. Even in the uh, whatever final it was against GWS last year, they won by a point. So I think it's um, I think it's something that's obviously been successful with Collingwood to have those sort of match sims. So it's great to see that it's the rules of those practice matches are the two coaches can decide on what the structure of the practice matches look like. So that's why... Collingwood and North Melbourne did those. They agreed on that, whereas today with Sydney and GWS, I think it was just the four quarters of footy and nothing else. Four quarters of 30 minutes. Yes. Yeah. It's breaking news. Whoa. We'll have to get a little stink there. Anyway, What do you mean? That was beautiful. Well, this is terrible for Melbourne supporters. Uh, who are not having a good time anyway. They've got one player who's uh, facing criminal charges for over drug trafficking. Oh, yes. So depending on how that goes, he may not be around for a while. Um, Clayton Oliver, probably their best player, hasn't been seen much around the club, so he's dealing with personal issues. Uh, he played a little bit in the match simulation, didn't he, Jim, I think? But anyway, he's not around much. And... Uh, Today it broke that uh, another one of their best players, Angus Brayshaw, uh, has retired as of immediately. Mm. Uh, he got a, um, a scan, a brain scan back, and the, it was actually taken out of his hands. His doctor said, you need to retire now mm. because he's had uh, multiple concussions over his career, six concussions in fact. Um, and they said, um, you know... If, for your healthy rest of your life, you need to stop playing footy. And so the last notable concussion as well, that was against Collingwood, I think in the finals maybe. With it was a controversial one, wasn't Maynard? it? Maynard? Uh, yeah, Maynard yeah. got... Uh, did the, he get suspended or did he... No, no. There was, that was what people... That was a big discussion at the time. And I think we even discussed it about duty of care and all that kind of stuff um, because a lot of people were saying it's just part of, it's just a footy play. His object was to smother the ball. Yes. But, you know, if you've learnt any physics at, uh, at in year 12, <laughs> you know about momentum and yes. you might be smothering the ball but your momentum carried him on to crash into Brayshaw. And yes. Essentially, um, Brayshaw was, you know, running f- like straight ahead, kicking the ball and Maynard was running full pelt directly at him, like in a straight line, and like jumped up to try and smother it. But in my opinion, um, that uh, and I said, think I said this at the time, but I maintain it. 
again, like you said, there's no way that Maynard couldn't have known that his body had to go somewhere and that was directly into him. And he jumped up. So it meant he, he was... He left the ground, hadn't he? He left the ground. and means Maynard, you can't change direction once you're yeah, in the air. Brayshaw had already kicked the ball, so there was kind of no possibility of him tackling him or even really smothering him. And Maynard left the ground and therefore, like, collected Angus Brayshaw's head and... Like, that was him done for the rest of the game. So I think it was a bit of, um, like, I at the time, people were like, it's just a footy act, and he wasn't suspended in the end. But I think, like, again, duty of care and all of what we're hearing now about brain injuries, I think that that, I think that should be actually have set a precedent. I think they've reviewed that for this season, haven't mm. they? And they've taken that scenario into account, mm. and uh, it won't... You, someone might get off again for that yeah. incident. And I think also they've changed it so those kind of crusher tackles where there's no, like, contact where the tackler has with the neck or head or above the shoulders. But if they tackle someone and they smash their head into the ground, like their head is contacted with the ground as, as a result, that will be also now a free kick mm-hmm. rather than being like, well, I didn't touch them above the head, above the shoulders. It's not my fault. Whereas now they'll be like, no, well... You push the head, like, kind of... So hopefully that will help with some more duty of care stuff too. But it is, I don't know, it is balancing that. It's a footy, it's a contact sport with duty of care to people's lives because we know the types of injuries that can come out of sustained hand injuries like this. So, Mm. yeah. Now, so a little um, uh, tribute to the career of Brayshaw. He was drafted in 2014, and I think he was top three draft. Number three. Maybe he was number three. Um, By coincidence, Paddy McCartan was number one or two that year, and he had to retire because of concussions as well. Mm. Um, He has... uh, So Brayshaw, as I said, uh, in 2016... He was concussed twice and started wearing a helmet from that point on, mm. which proves the point to me that wearing a helmet, it might stop you from getting a bruise or, or a bump on your head, but it can't stop your brain rattling around inside your skull. So it doesn't really help with concussions. Yes, I agree. I think also um, it, they're designed, they're not designed for AFL, they're designed for rugby tackles mm-hmm. and... Mm-hmm. Um, I was once considering wearing one just, um, but uh, look, I'm not a medical expert, but I just remember at the time who I was talking to was like, they actually make it worse because of the nature of AFL tackles that they make the rattling around worse because there's nowhere for like the like shock absorption to go. Um, so it makes it worse for the, for AFL type of tacklings they're not designed for afl they're designed for rugby tackles which apparently does make a difference so I've heard the argument said that it also makes you more reckless because you're wearing a helmet yeah and you think that's a good point foolproof, yeah know? i don't know if that's true or not so that's uh brochure what i was gonna say he played 156 games and that's uh probably the end of it oh and here's a weird twist of fate uh he's engaged to danny frawley's daughter and danny frawley sadly uh um, died a couple of years ago. Uh, I think he drove his truck into a tree. Um, but people have put that down to him suffering the dreaded CTE mm. brought on by concussions in footy. Mm. And uh, he may have even, post-mortem, they may have even checked that out. Yeah, well, you can actually only, 
with the CTE, um, it's same with, I can't remember her name, but she was a Giants player in the AFLW, also died a few years ago at like, I don't even know if she was 30 yet. Um, but the only way that you can check for CTE is through a post-mortem, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, and she had it and a lot of players who have, past players who have um, died and they've checked, done that that check and they've a lot of them have had CTE and... Yeah, it's. Um, I'm glad the doctors made that call. Like, I'm obviously yes. disappointed. That's good for that Brayshaw, but I think it's yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you'd rather a long, healthy life than, you know, the possibility of CTE becoming a, like, taking over. And it does, and you can't. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's good. I think it's good news in a way, it's even though right. it may you know take him some time to process and figure out where to from here because he's still pretty young like i imagine he was thinking at least a few more years yeah well drafted in 2014 so he's been playing for almost 10 years yeah, yeah so it'd be almost not yet 30 so he must be yeah late 20s yeah yeah all right well we'll see to where to from here maybe he'll get into some admin who knows oh the club are going to keep him on for the year in a in a, in a coaching supportive role mm. so that's good yeah you'll keep getting paid great that's good. That's good news. That's right. Um, in other good news, we have um, the, as a reported on by the Female Athlete Project, who we hope will become future friends of the show, um, it was announced within the last week that for Rugby Union, um, the top team in Australia, like representative team for the Australian women are the Wallaroos and they've just announced a new pay deal, which is wonderful news. They are set to earn up to $72,000 per year on top of whatever salaries they get from, you know, club or whatever. This is just for being a Wallaroo. Um, So the key points from this are a two-year agreement on offer for the first time, a number of top-tier contracts up from 15 to 23 with the possibility of increasing that number throughout the course of this year players contracted at the highest tier can earn up to $72,458 per year in rugby Australia payments for the Wallaroos and super rugby women's 20 have a 28% increase from the max of $56,000 in 2023 in total, up to 45 players, 10 more than 2023, will be contracted across three tiers with the opportunity for additional players to be invited into the squad to aid player development. Additionally, all Super Rugby Women's players will continue to receive a Rugby Australia-funded minimum payment of $4,000 in addition to any club payments for the five rounds plus finals season. So Super Rugby is just the club rugby union um top tier club rugby union women's competition in the country and finally rugby australia's minimum payment is intended to be additional to club payments um as mentioned super rugby clubs may contribute payments over and above the minimum ra payments as well so this is good news um chloe dalton who wrote who's part of the female athlete project and wrote the book that, um, that you're going to review one day. Yes. That I'm going to review one day. I've almost finished it. (laughs) Um, she won a gold medal for Australia in the rugby sevens in the Olympics. So I think she'll have a vested interest in like, you know, seeing how this plays out. And, and she talks about the difference that it does make when people are properly resourced, both, both in like remuneration and also the resources that they're given in terms of, you know, doctors and trainers and 
all sorts of things like that. So there's great news. Now, Em, you've opened the rugby union file. Oh, <laughs> so oh, here let we me go. just uh, uh, dig into that file a little bit. Have you kept touch of what's going on with the Melbourne Rebels? I have not, actually. I hear... I think the club's in trouble. This is the Melbourne Rugby Union team. Yes. I don't know if they have a women's version. I think they do. I think they do. The men's team is still playing, but I think the club is in financial difficulties. Oh, no. So their long-term future is uncertain. Uncertain. Well, look, I guess Rugby Australia has been not well managed for the past few years, and I think it's been on a slow decline. They just haven't had great management in terms of, like, upkeep of fans and retention and finding new ways to attract new fans in. Um, And in Melbourne especially, it's footy. Footy is AFL here. Mm -hmm. That's the nature of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Even Rugby League, Melbourne Storm, who have been an absolute force in Rugby League for the past 20 years, you wouldn't... I I can't tell you a single person here who is like, yes, Storm, I go every week, they're my team. Um, But the Storm have had success. Yes. So their survival in Melbourne is probably pretty secure. It, it's definitely secure. They had troubles in the past, but they're over that. Yes. Within the rugby league itself, within the rugby league world, it's certainly secure. It's a big club within that. Like if, even in Sydney, I think it's you'd have more fans in Sydney than you have oh, here. Yeah. But I think that's the thing. Like even rugby league where you have a club that is successful still is like no one really but minds that much. Would it be true to say the Melbourne Rebels have been – Pretty shit house. Yeah, I think so. It's it's that and the combination of not mm. not having a, the fan base that's required to you know cover costs and. I heard one of the players interviewed during the week who's saying this is the year they they've really got a strong team and they're going to go well. But they always say that, don't they? Well, everyone always says that. Pre-season, I'm I'm also be, like beginning to realise, maybe naively, everyone's always like, ah, oh, the anticipation for this year. You know, it's a clean slate. Everything's looking good. You know, five weeks into the for, to the season, it's like, oh, it's all over. It's better luck next year. So we'll see how they go. Um, but, I, yeah, I think Rugby Union need, you know, again, we've talked about it with the Netball Australia administration, all that kind of stuff. I think there just needs to be all new people come in, clean yeah, slate for the admin yeah, yeah. because it's it's not working at the moment. But, you know, it would be disappointing to lose the Melbourne Rebels. Who do you follow in Rugby Union? I don't really. I don't like. Australia. I used to. I used to follow the Waratahs, the New South Wales Waratahs, growing oh, up. Okay. But that that has dwindled, and I don't really. Gun the Tars. Yeah, I don't really <laughs> mind that much anymore. Even the even the Wallabies. I loved the Wallabies. Two thousand three World Cup. Had a great time following them. But now they're just. Last year the World Cup, and it was just an absolute debacle. There's a new um net. Uh, I think it's on stand. There's a a documentary coming and out about the Wallabies and following them through the World Cup last year, which was an absolute disaster, yeah. and Eddie Jones, you know, stepping down. So <laughs> I don't really know how good that's going to be. But anyway, could be good for some drama. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. After the break, you've got another issue to bring up, and we've got a song by Tony Woods. Sure do. This summer, tune in to Health Sovereignty, 3CR's International Day of People with Disability broadcast for 2023. 12 hours of programs by people with disabilities, talking about what health well-being and body sovereignty means for multiply marginalised disabled people, their kin and communities living on unceded Indigenous lands. 
All the audio is available to listen back at your leisure at 3cr.org.au forward slash Disability Day 2023. Or find the podcast by searching 3CR's Radical Radio on your favourite podcast app. Victoria's wildlife need your help when bushfires strike. They can be injured, dehydrated or disoriented after bushfires. Call Wildlife Victoria 84007300 if you see wildlife in distress or for more information. To donate or volunteer, go to wildlifevictoria.org.au. A 3CR supporter. You might have heard about the Community Radio Plus app, but it's only when you start using it that you'll wonder how you lived without it. You can listen to us wherever you are. At home, work, driving. On public transport, gardening, protesting or even in the bath. Just search Community Radio Plus wherever you get your apps. Welcome back. You're with The Sporting Record this afternoon. And I have a... um, Oh, well, I think what's a very exciting story coming out from the US this week, one for the basketball fans and fans of women's sport and maybe people fans who are interested about the future of sport and what it looks like if we have more, you know, mixed gender um, competitions going on. So over the last week, um, last weekend, we had the NBA National Basketball Association All-Star Weekend in the US. So it's all the the best of the best men's players from the NBA come together for a weekend. Um, There's the all-star game, which is, there's, you know, the best two teams worth of players playing each other. There's a dunk competition. There's a three-point competition. And there was a new competition this year. And it was Stephen Curry, who is arguably the best shooter of all time. Not arguably, just definitively. I the think best definitively. Of all time. But about other people, you know, there's always gonna have a crack and have debates. Um but I think arguably because I wonder if Sabrina Ionescu, um, who he went up against in a new three point competition over the weekend, is potentially the best shooter of all time. Who knows? Um, so, Steph, he, um, Stephen Curry is four times NBA champion. He's won the MVP award unanimously, unanimously twice. He's got the finals MVP award. He holds the record for all for all time three points, three pointers made in the league. Um, he beat that record in 2022. He has a career three-point made average of 42.7%. So that means that 42.7% of the time when he makes a shot for a three-pointer, he will he will make it, which is a really – I know it's less than half, but it's a – you know, the league level and the defending that goes on and the accuracy that's required, that's a really good number. Well, it's very hard. It's it, incredibly you difficult. You to throw the ball a long way yes. into that little ring. Yes. Any, anything above 40% is considered really good it's in a, terms of three-point shooting. So to shoot 42.7% for an entire career, mm-hmm. 
that's that's pretty remarkable. It's, it is remarkable, and well, so the shooting. James and I go over to the basketball courts over the road from our place, and I reckon my percentage would be about one, one? in a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> So. Yep, about about the same. And the um the line that they're that the three point line is twenty three feet nine inches away um, from the basket. So it's a, it's a fair distance. Um, and it's an incredible. He has an incredible legacy. Some say he's ruined basketball. I think he's made it a lot better. <laughs> he's changed the game for sure. But then what you're talking about is during games, isn't it? That's all his percentages. Yeah, this is all his percentages. And, and what's so, this other thing? Is this a special? So of that, they want to make uh, every year they have a three-point um, the three-point competition of the best shooters in the game at the time to have a three-point competition where they set up um, like balls around the court and to see who can make the have the best score. There's things called money balls which give you extra points, but that's all detail. Essentially, it's just to see who can who is the best shooter in the league. And last year, um, in, for the WNBA. All-Star Weekend, um, a player called Sabrina Ionescu beat the all-time record for the three-point competition by scoring 37 points. So she beat Stephen Curry's three-point competition record by scoring 37 points. And at the time, Stephen was like, hmm, shall we have a shootout? So that kind of started the rumblings of maybe for this All-Star Weekend, the two best shooters in both the competitions should come together and do this three-point shootout against each other. So that's exactly what happened. Um, A lot of people were pretty sooky about her getting the record because the WNBA three-point line, instead of being 23 um, feet nine inches away it's only 22 point oh, and i didn't know that 1.75 inches away and the ball slightly smaller so everyone was saying it's not real blah 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 okay. so for this comp she said that's fine i'll shoot from the nba line which she did so she and stefan went up against each other in a very historic situation um and she Stefan beat her. He scored 29 points and she scored 26. But interestingly, they did have a separate three-point um, shooting competition for the men's. And the man, the guy who won that, Damian Lillard, he only scored 26. So she w- would have won the men's three-point competition as well, mm. um, if not going up against Steph Curry. So it was a pretty amazing weekend and it was really cool to see... Like she was like, no, I want to, I want it's, this to be as equal, quote unquote, as possible. I'll shoot from the NBA line, even though that's not where she shoots from regularly. Steph shoots from there all the time in his games, she doesn't. Yeah, yeah. So it was a pretty, pretty remarkable situation. The result of that, though, in terms of metrics for viewership and the amount of engagement that happened because of it, was um, so again over the weekend you've got. Three-point competition, dunk competition, all-star matchup, rising star game. Of all of those events, the most watched event of the all-star weekend was that shootout with mm-hmm. 5.4 million people watching. And Steph and Sabrina made up only 10% of NBA and club um, team content. So anything they were putting out on social media, there was only of all the all-star weekend content, they only made up 10% of it. But they accounted for 42% of the 24 million engagements that people made with the whole All-Star Weekend. So it was pretty amazing to see. All the comments were pretty remarkable and seeing that, oh, well, she did it from the NBA NBA line and um, the fact that she could have won the men's comp if she wanted to. I think it's starting to t- turn the tide of, like, women aren't as strong or as skilled. It's like, 
that's not the case. And for the record, she has um, a career average, or she has last year at least, she had a 44.8% of three points made for her season last year, which was one of her first full seasons. She only got drafted in 2020, whereas Stefan's been, Steph's been in the game for 15 years. So currently she does have a better three-point average than Steph Curry does. So we'll have to see what happens. Yes. At the end of her career. So there you go. Some historic news. That's right. Well, we're approaching the half half hour mark. Uh, just want to quickly remind people to subscribe or resubscribe. Yep. So subscriptions matter to us. They help keep us going. So to subscribe, if you want, you can drop into the station and subscribe in person. You can give us a ring on 94198377. Our office is open Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or you can pay online by simply heading to our website, www.3cr.org.au slash subscribe. And you can even set up a recurring subscription while you're there. Emma, I was uh, at the op shops on the weekend and I found a CD I've been looking for for a while. It was by a guy called Tony Woods. He played footy for Fitzroy and then Collingwood and Hawthorne. Uh, 173 games and all, but he's a very good musician. Uh-huh. And on the old footy show, which was the worst footy show on TV, but he had a bit of a role there. And anyway, uh, I found the CD, so I brought it along. Uh, we've got a song we can play off it. I think it's just called Australian Rules Football. Keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs>